Welcome to the A Dance With Life podcast. I'm your host, Stella Madrona, professional ballerina and integrative nutritionist. By combining my lived experiences as a professional dancer and female athlete, as well as my education in nutrition and fitness, my goal is to help you excel at whatever you do in a way that feels sustainable and amazing. From the latest wellness, nutrition, and mindset hacks to the behind the scenes of the professional ballet world, nothing is off limits. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks for listening. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the A Dance With Life podcast. I am so happy to have you here, and I'm really, really excited for today's episode since I think that it's going to be a super valuable one for so many people out there. Let's jump straight in, and today we are talking about three things that are blocking you from success. The first one I think everyone will be familiar with, but it is so huge. And that is allowing fear and anxiety to dictate what you do. And what I mean by this is that, for example, you might want to, easiest example is start a YouTube channel, but you feel like everybody's going to judge you or who knows, you know, there are certain fears connected with that. Ultimately, you allow those fears to stop you from starting the YouTube channel. So just for as an example, to get how I am talking about this, that's what I mean. This comes up really, really frequently. And I think that this is probably just something that we will all be dealing with for our entire lives. And that doesn't have to mean something negative. But it just means that it's something to be conscious of and something that with practice, it gets easier and easier to move through. A lot of fear and anxiety is rooted in limiting beliefs. As a little bit of background information, a limiting belief is usually a thought or perception about yourself or the world around you that you have decided to be true. Thus, it becomes a belief. Oftentimes, or most of the time, these beliefs are formed by the age of seven since we form most of our belief systems about the world and ourselves by that age. A lot of our programming, so to say, comes from our parents, our environment, and the people that were around us at that young age. That's also why it can be so difficult to sometimes move through limiting beliefs because To start doing that, you oftentimes have to step into past traumas. And when I say trauma, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a huge thing, although it can be. It more just has to be a moment that caused you to feel uncomfortable as a child and take on a belief that does not serve you. A lot of moving through limiting beliefs is moving through uncomfortable emotions. And that's why so many people don't do it, because we as humans, we try to avoid the uncomfortable and find the comfortable. I mean, somewhat even in ways that are very, very strange, because oftentimes your brain sees change as such a threat that it'll keep you stuck in a situation that really isn't serving you just because it's known, hence comfortable. Even though you may be way happier in a different situation, Going through that process of change sometimes feels so scary that we just stay where we are and stay unhappy because we know it. Your brain says, why change a running system, even if the system is total BS, for lack of a better word. Oftentimes, this can also be 
connected with staying in our comfort zone for too long. Getting out of our comfort zone is something that really takes practice. So you have to do it regularly. And I'm a huge person to say I don't think you should live 100% of the time out of your comfort zone. But I do think we need to practice getting out of it regularly and also practice doing that with intention. You know, we all have things that make us feel uncomfortable, and usually it's a matter of repetition before something becomes comfortable. So if you do something a certain amount of times, the first time it's not going to feel so great, the second time it'll be a little better, and by the 20th, 30th, 40th time you're doing something, you're like, oh yeah, I've done this a thousand times before, you feel totally fine about it. That's a little bit about the comfort zone, and the goal with this is to start expanding our comfort zone so that all of those things that we need to do to take on the identity of the person that we need to become in order to reach our goals feel more comfortable and we add those things to our comfort zone. A big part of that for me whenever I am practicing getting out of my comfort zone is to recognize that the fear is there because a lot of the time it really is still present. I think it is totally possible to feel fear, do things anyway, and get absolutely amazing results. I don't think that you need to wait until the fear is gone. Actually, I'm 100% sure that you don't need to wait until the fear is gone because then you'll probably stay stuck forever. The biggest piece of advice that I can really give anyone is to feel the fear and do it anyway. Otherwise, you're going to stay stuck and you're going to live in a different kind of uncomfortableness. If that's even a word, I don't know if that's a word, but we'll make it one for me today. A lot of this also has to do with nervous system regulation and trying to get your subconscious mind on the same level as your conscious mind. Nervous system regulation is a huge buzzword on socials right now, but I think honestly, for a really, really good reason. 95% of our brain activity is unconscious. Like, think about that for a sec. 95% of everything that's going on in your brain is happening unconsciously. We are essentially run by our unconscious mind. And if that mind has some really negative beliefs about the world, it's not going to make you a very happy person. The biggest thing that we can start doing to stop feeling so much fear and anxiety in the long run and also learning how to move through it better when we do feel it is starting to work on subconscious reprogramming. That is something that takes a lot of work and there are a lot of really, really great people that are total experts in the field. This is a huge thing. One person that I particularly love for stuff like this is Dr. Joe Dispenza. He has a numerous amount of books and there's all of this research behind it that for someone like me who I do like to have my woo-woo stuff grounded in a certain level of science, <laughs> um, I just absolutely a huge fan. Making sure to check out Dr. Joe Dispenza would definitely be your first move if this something is something that you're interested in. Another part of that that really helped me to start seeing my limiting beliefs as an opportunity for growth instead of seeing them as these big scary things that I had to avoid is to observe the thought as it came up and trying to approach it with curiosity in the sense of where did this thought maybe come from? Or why am I thinking this right now? Or, hmm, that doesn't really seem very helpful or nice. <laughs> 
you know, but there are so many different words for this. Some places call it, I think, the quiet observer, but essentially developing this other part of your mind where you're kind of just starting to observe your thoughts, observe yourself and have self-awareness is the first step to starting to really move through those limiting beliefs. There's so many other great tools for it. I mean, there's hypnotherapy, there's EFT tapping, there's rapid resolution therapy, which is something that I am really, really interested in. I am hoping to start getting some sessions soon. And then you have the basics like meditation and journaling and breath work and all of that good stuff. Anywhere, starting anywhere is going to serve you. Uh, This is probably going to be a project that you have for your whole entire life since we are constantly developing new beliefs and moving through belief systems. You're never going to be totally freed of limiting beliefs, and that's totally fine. Like, no big deal. Making the mindset shift that a limiting belief is an opportunity for growth and it's your mind showing you where you might need to do some work is an absolute game changer when it comes to mindset. The second thing holding you back from succeeding is most definitely buying into imposter syndrome and all or nothing thinking. So imposter syndrome is something that I heard so often around me. I was like, I'm suffering from imposter syndrome. Me too. And I never really gave it much thought, especially when I was younger because I I was so funny when I was younger. I was like, burnout? What? Imposter syndrome? No. I was definitely not someone to think that I struggled at all, even though I was struggling probably more than most people out there. Dr. Valerie Young classifies five different types of imposter syndrome, and those are the perfectionist, the superwoman or man, the natural genius, the soloist, and the expert. And For this episode, I'm just going to be focusing on two, and that is the perfectionist and the superwoman or man. Just to give like a super brief overview, I mean, we all know what perfectionism is. I mean, you set these super high, almost unattainable goals for yourself, and when you for some reason can't meet them, then you struggle with your self-worth and struggle with your identity and struggle with everything like nobody's business. Perfectionism has been something that has definitely affected me in the past. One that is a little less commonly talked about, especially in sports and the ballet world, is the pattern of the superwoman or man. To sum it up, this is essentially just someone who thinks that they have to do more than everyone else if they want to be successful. These are your typical overachieving workaholics, staying later than anybody else, doing more than anybody else. The problem with this is that you just start totally ignoring your internal cues for rest, mental change in the sense that maybe you want to read a book or just have a day off or whatnot. This will put you on the fast track to burnout. You can trust me because that's exactly how I ended up more burnt out than I have really seen from a lot of people. It's really, really important to recognize when you're falling into these patterns. And I think as professional athletes or high achievers, it's almost unavoidable to fall into those patterns from time to time. But once again, the same way it is with fear is you have to develop this self-awareness to recognize 
when you're doing it. The second part of the perfectionist or the superwoman or man that kind of connects with it is all or nothing thinking. All or nothing thinking is just such a demon because it can lead you to fall into this kind of binge purge cycle with almost everything you do in your life. This is something I really experienced firsthand. It can be so, so detrimental to our physical health, to our mental health, to our environment, to our professional success, you name it. All or nothing thinking oftentimes shows up when we go into extremes. A good cue is to recognize, hey, am I maybe doing something that's a little bit too extreme? This was me. I would go and try these month-long smoothie diets where I would only drink liquids And then after that, I would be hit by a really, really bad binge cycle just because I had been restricting myself for so long that then I naturally just wanted to somehow reward myself for being good. That is particularly with food, and this is what oftentimes leads to bulimia the way it did for me. This can happen with pretty much anything in your life. You know, you see those people that they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go to the gym now. And then they start going like, Six days a week, they manage to do it for maybe a month, and then they're so burnt out just because they've gone way too hardcore that then they stop doing anything and it takes them another six months before the cycle starts all over again. And at the end of the day, that gets you nowhere. It gets you nowhere really fast. Instead of torturing yourself, trying to do all these extremes, try to really implement small things regularly, and then you can build on that. It, on average, takes a new habit three months to really get settled in. We can really only add about three habits at a time. That may seem like not a lot, but compounded over time, if you stay consistent with those habits and make sure that you're really trying to implement habits that are game changers for you, you're going to get so much farther. I wish that I had learned this sooner because I really did spend the last five years on a roller coaster of all or nothing thinking and all or nothing action. And it wasn't till about, okay, four years. It wasn't till about a year ago that I decided that my word of the year was going to be consistency just because I got so, so sick of this. I think that that's also just something that will have to internally shift for you to change. That's the way we all change. We have to get so uncomfortable that changing seems more comfortable than staying in the situation that we're in. Or you have to figure out a way to make that mental shift to make it attractive for you and to make that change something that really is seen as an attractive thing to do. This is also connected pretty frequently with self-sabotage. This was super prevalent for me, especially when I got my first job. Both imposter syndrome as well as all or nothing thinking, they kind of worked together to give me a prime package of self-sabotage when I got my first uh, professional job. Oftentimes it was that I could not believe why I was there or why I was getting good roles or why someone was paying attention to me. And then on top of that, I had this super extreme all or nothing mentality that would lead me to go in sprints where I would be there all the time working harder than anyone else and then get sick of it and then not be able to show up or I'd get sick or something would happen. So it totally blocked me from showing up consistently, which 
eventually caused a lot of people to get frustrated with me. Honestly, fair enough. I mean, I would get frustrated with me. Overall, this way of thinking, it won't serve you. It won't serve your environment. And it really just is something that if you are stuck in that pattern, I would focus on changing that ASAP because everything else will fall into place once you do. Moving on to the last thing stopping you from succeeding is that you are stuck in a lack or a scarcity mindset. This is once again a huge buzzword right now for good reason. A lack mindset or a scarcity mindset is essentially the belief that there are not enough resources to go around. And resources can pretty much mean whatever you want it to mean. This can be jobs, it can be relationships, it can be money, it can be love, it can be pretty much anything. This is also known as a fixed mindset, and it's really something that you want to work on changing. Because changing this and adapting your mindset to be one of growth is going to serve you for the rest of your life. A fixed mindset, just to kind of give you some examples of how that would work and what that sounds like, a fixed mindset would believe that failure shows you your limits, that your potential is predetermined, or that, for example, your abilities are unchanging. It's these very final and negative thoughts about the world, especially when it comes to failure your abilities, and all that good stuff. We want to change that to something called a growth mindset, which is a belief system where you believe that challenges are going to help you grow or that you can really learn to do almost anything you want. Or a really big one, for example, is that failure is an opportunity for growth. A big part of a positive mindset is reframing how you approach failure. And I find it so sad that in today's culture, failure is painted so negatively because I think I've said this before on a different episode, but failure is actually an opportunity to grow more than you ever would from success. I mean, what are you going to learn from success? Because you did it well. So you're probably not going to get any constructive criticism. You're probably not going to really have that push to get even better. Failure, although it sucks, it's going to push you to go and get even better and learn from those mistakes and correct and probably become even more successful than if you didn't have that failure. Reframing how you see failure, really trying to change your mind to a mindset of abundance and that there are more than enough resources to go around and that you are essentially entirely up to you, it's going to change everything. That's probably the biggest thing that I'd like to leave you with today is that mindset is the basis of success. Everything you do from there is extra. But if your mindset sucks, you're going nowhere. That might sound kind of hard, but it's the truth. And especially in sports and performance, the people with the strongest minds, those are the ones that really succeed and really excel. And of course, you have some anomalies where it's like this one girl is super, super talented, but she can't really get over herself and is constantly an emotional wreck. Nobody really wants to work with that either. If you really think about it, we want to work with people who believe in themselves, have self-confidence, where we don't have to babysit them, and where we know that they're able to take care of themselves and they bring a positive energy to everything that they do. This all comes back to this thing that I said before, and that is mostly subconscious reprogramming. I think if you're struggling with this, I would really do some look into Dr. Joe Dispenza. 
maybe talk to a therapist or a coach. You know, there's always the Google that will give you (laughs) so much information, but I'm always a little careful of telling people to Google stuff just because you really need to know how to select your sources nowadays so that you don't just buy into random stuff that has no basis. Yeah, do your research. Start doing anything. Anything is a step in the right direction. So if that's starting to do a little bit of meditation, if that's starting up a journaling and a gratitude practice, you know, if you want to look on YouTube for some great hypnotherapy options, that's also a good one. Really just trying to build self-awareness and start day by day changing these habits and you will succeed. I promise. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. And if you feel like this episode could be helpful for someone, make sure to share it with them. Sharing the podcast really helps it get into more ears and also helps me a lot. So I'm very appreciative of that. Alrighty. Have a great day.